0: Welcome, welcome, welcome everyone. You're back for another episode of the Option Menu Crew podcast. This is episode 9. With us today, I'm your host Ryan. We've also got Mark returning. How you doing, Mark?
1: Not too bad. Thanks for having me. It's been a while.
0: Yes, we're very happy to have you on this very fun episode we're going to be doing. Ed's yes. with us also again today. How you doing, Ed? I'm great. I'm really excited for the topic today. Nice. And Paul returns as well. This is kind of like an offshoot of that last episode we did, Paul, and the Ninja Turtles, isn't it? Yeah, definitely. I'm, I'm fired up for it. I think it's going to be a good one. Okay. So, what we've decided to discuss today is talk about video game adaptations. More specifically, like movies and TV series, but there's been a bunch of new projects coming out in the news, and there's been a long storied history about video games getting adapted into other mediums so we figured we'd talk about some of our favorites and like what our dream project would be and how we'd handle it or just like our favorite aspects of when things go right and when things go wrong and just thoughts about that just to have some fun today so mark since uh, you haven't been on in a while i figure we'll toss you and so what's some of your favorite video game adaptations that you've uh, managed to come across
1: i would definitely say number one Is Wreck It Ralph. And I'm hoping everybody else has that on their list. It's such a cute, family-friendly sort of series. Both the the first one and Ralph Breaks the Internet. I think they were both classic. And and it's a little bit of a stretch as far as is it actually based off of a video game? It has a ton of video game ties into it, but I would say that's likely my number one. There's there's a deeper list that I've got for sure, but I just enjoy seeing all the different adaptations and all the other characters all coming to life i thought it was done very very well
0: right and i agree with you on wreck it ralph that's more of a original story inspired by the history of video games as sure. It ralph's own game is strongly influenced by or strongly inspired by the original mario and donkey kong game or uh, a exactly. donkey kong arcade game yeah donkey kong and, of course, there was plenty of cameos from other characters in there. It was talking more about the history of arcade games. Ralph 2, Ralph Breaks the Internet, is more uh, internet culture, but they did talk about, like, online games. So, yes, I agree with you. that That's a lot of fun. Was there any, specifically, uh, pieces of work from I- existing video games that you've come across that you've either enjoyed or hated <laughs> in the last couple of years? Yeah, um... In the last couple of years,
1: it's it's going to be a little bit more than a couple of years. I think my probably all time favorite. As well. Yeah, well, some of that. Well, let me give you a, a little bit of a list mm-hmm. here. Mortal Kombat is definitely up there. Super oh, yeah. Mario Brothers is absolutely a classic. But Hitman, I feel like, is my most underrated. That kind of falls under the cracks that maybe aren't isn't going to be on a lot of other people's lists. Oh yeah, there's up.
0: there's like two or three Hitman movies, right?
1: um the one that I'm thinking of is is from 2007 I think they've talked about remaking them um it it was just something I saw in college with all of my roommates and you know definitely was playing hitman at the time and I know this is actually a topic that we talked about I think the last time I was on the episode too uh with the new hitman coming out but very very relevant I guess in that sense um but just it was very different and I, I would say overall you know I I'm sure we'll get to this video games generally or video game movies generally get very very poor ratings or praise yeah. um but i feel like overall it had a strong story it it had great ties it's it's also a video game that very much you know it's an action-based game it, it just works uh whereas the others super mario brothers and, and mortal Kombat, sure you can get some fighting scenes and, and super mario brothers is just it's so unique i don't even want to get into that right now because i'm yeah. sure we will but yeah hitman i thought was very spot
0: on Yes, and there were there were two of them. There are two movies based off the Hitman game series, not to be confused with all the other movies that are about hitmen. Right. So just clarifying <laughs> that for our audience that may be. Thank you. Uh, wondering. <laughs> now, speaking back to your your Microsoft background, a Halo project has been kicked around for forever. Is that something you ever had hype for, or uh, as you've said before? Are you more hoping that Halo will kind of take a back seat and you'll get yourself a Gears of War project someday?
1: Well, that's actually the more hopeful thing. So I have Gears of War as my, I would love to see a Gears of War movie. It has been in discussion since actually also 2007. I I hate to keep throwing that year out. But as of last summer, it was most recently confirmed. It is still on. It's changed hands a couple of times, obviously with such a long stretch there uh, from the initial couple of games that that had come out in early 2000s but yeah as far as a halo game comes out because i know that was the original question i would be all ears i know there has been the live action they've also done i think it was that nightfall kind of tie-in between is it three and four or four and five i think it was three I, I can't even remember that just shows my my memory um i thought it was it was good it was more of a i think it was actually more of a, a episode that they kind of put all together, right?
0: Um, I am You're thinking welcome. of the... I'm more intimately familiar with the Halo animated collection they put out. Okay. Uh, there is... Yeah, there was Halo Nightfall, which was live action. Yeah. And then Halo, Halo Media. I'm trying to Google some stuff right now, so...
1: Yeah, and Nightfall, it wasn't bad, but it also... It wasn't really Halo of what it could have been. I mean, in all right. honesty, I, I think the Warthog was, like, the best part about all of it, but, like... Yeah. You know, they put Warthog in Forza, and it's like, alright, cool. Like, They could have done a little bit more, is, is what I'm getting at there. Right.
0: I'm thinking more of Halo Legends, which was a collection of different stories within the Halo universe, uh, and that seems to be very well regarded, and a lot of the, this is kind of a, a pattern, a lot of the animated stuff ends up being much more faithful to the properties they come from, and it's, it's a little sad, but uh, that we don't see more high-budget animation, but yeah halo legends was a complete project that was well regarded and the live action stuff is uh always seems to have more difficulty
1: i think an important detail too that you kind of were pointing out is is just the licensing i, I think that that's always hindered so many of these uh movies is just you know just to get that upfront, front just to have these characters these names in this film already is costing you know an exorbitant amount of money that i only wish right
0: <laughs> yeah yeah At the same time, I remember hearing about multiple developments in the Halo live-action projects. I don't know if it was directly leading up to Nightfall or if it's just other projects, because they've been trying to do either a series or a movie for a while. But I remember reading in various coverage, uh, IGN and other news outlets, that there was creative differences with that that are notorious. Hollywood and their directors and writers want to take control of the product and really put their own spin on it, whereas Microsoft was really fighting to have direct creative control. They brought their Halo Bible to the table and said like, hey, we really want to build something off of this. And they just couldn't reach an agreement, which is also sad because ultimately that reason's petty. And I would blame Hollywood more on that for not just creating something that was along these lines and would definitely resonate with fans and would reach a new audience and would probably make a lot of money. But that is the industry, as you were so rightly pointing out.
1: Yeah. So... The the other part, I know I kinda were we were splitting Halo and Gears of War, but Gears of War, that was sort of the the number one film that I would love. I think it also could be done very, very well. It's it's shot in or at least the game is is all third person. So, you know, that's always been one yeah discussion is is do you keep a first person shooter such as Doom? You know, they made that movie <laughs> back in two thousand five. Oh yeah. I did see <laughs> that in first theaters. Person. Did you? Yeah. I think I might have actually as well. But but yeah, as far as the third person goes, I think that very much, or very easy to do when it comes to film, um, and Gears of War, it's also got that close cover base, so it, it's not it's not like Call of Duty where everybody's just running across the sides of buildings and jumping and, and running like crazy. Gears is, it is a little bit fast, but it's in your face, it's gritty, it's cover base, it's bloody, like that's all, that's the type of action that I want to see.
0: I think you could tell a really good war story about that, and it just has a very interesting sci-fi twist. So uh, we'll also come back to that and see if that is your dream project, and we can go a little more in depth. But I want to cycle over to Ed and ask Ed. So you know, what's some of your favorite adaptations that you've read or uh, seen? <laughs> so I don't
2: necessarily consider myself a fan of video game movies. I mean, there there actually haven't been a lot of movies in my favorite properties. But I if I hear something is good, I'm, I'm pretty much down to watch it, even if I don't have a lot of history of the series. One of the reasons I recently watched that fits that bill is the Castlevania series on Netflix. I mean, I'm a big fan of, I guess you would call it adult animation. I like animation that is aimed towards people my age, and uh, that definitely fits the bill. And you know the story and characterization of that it started out good decent in the first season, but especially as it came into the third season, it's really hit its stride. I'm really happy to see that they are making another season, although I don't know when that's going to happen. But uh, I feel lucky just to know that they're making a fourth season because a lot of Netflix series don't make it that far. But to anyone who's a fan of you know good animation or, I guess, anime, that would really be one that I would recommend. I think you
0: said you saw that, Ryan, right? Yes, I am all caught up on the three seasons, and I am in complete agreement with you that it is amazing, and it's probably one of the most fitting and well-done adaptations since the Mortal Kombat, the original Mortal Kombat movie. Now, I also feel that the original Resident Evil movie is, the origi- the first live-action one was actually pretty decent, it wasn't perfect, but it was pretty darn good for the time. But if I had to look and compare to everything we've had so far, and if you do a wiki dive on like all the different video game adaptations minus some of the like the smaller like animated features that we were we saw online from like anime stuff and, and other little promotional tie-in videos that castlevania is like a full-fledged western series that's so amazing and it doesn't necessarily retell any of the stories any specific stories from the games it's just kind of inspired in that world but then yeah i would say like that's probably the best video game adaptation thing in terms of TV, TV or movie series so far. Do you have any history with the Castlevania series? Because
2: I'm trying to think what I've played. I, I think the first one I ever played, and I, I didn't finish it because I think it was too hard for me as a kid, was the Circle of the Moon on the Game Boy Advance. I think I've dabbled with maybe some of the DS ones. but I, I haven't really played that many Castlevania games, let alone um, to completion. But it, it does have a very you know, appealing theme and you know, a good amount of lore. So it just, it, it, I, I can't really say whether it's a faithful adaptation, but I, I guess like you said, it's more inspired than a direct adaptation.
0: I've only dabbled as well, but I've heard a lot about Castlevania over the years thanks to the amount of podcasts and videos I've, I've watched. My first real experience with the formula, I think I might have dabbled with Symphony of the Night trying to think and i was interested when they were rebooting it for xbox 360 and ps3 with the brand new like 3d action ones and apparently the first one was a shadow yeah lords of shadow which i was excited for because i'm like oh if they take the if they fully develop it like a 3d game and we've seen good examples of this like the new god of war is kind of built like a metroidvania dark souls is very metroidvania-esque and if you just take that kind of level structure and then apply the coat of paint of castlevania you kind of get that, but I didn't really play through all those. The closest I've gotten to playing a pure Castlevania experience was actually the new Bloodstained game that came from the creator of Castlevania, Iga, who took to Kickstarter and is separated from Konami in order to make it. So I played through and beat that, and that was a very pure Castlevania experience from what I've been told, And, and, and I enjoyed that a lot. And since then, I've played metroidvania quote-unquote style games um or labyrinth games as i am trying to push is the the new term for them uh so that yeah that's my experience but I, i'm well versed in the story and like the characters So like i knew who the belmonts were i knew who alucard was and what was going on and what dracula's typical motive is so all of that like made sense to me and it's that's why i was saying like from what i know it's not a, from people who know better than me it's not directly adapting any of the stories it's just kind of taking on a new one because i believe um the belmont i forget his, his first name he's a he's a new belmont yeah What? Well, what
2: yeah i forget his name too um trevor belmont is what trevor. it is yeah. Trevor. yeah and and i i think i mean i don't know a whole lot about the castlevania series but i think that's kind of what makes it a good adaptation is um you know it, it's not just a good video game uh series it's it's a good series period um, and I, I think that for any you know genre type or specific film or TV series to be considered good, I, th- I think it's got to have something beyond just its uh, thematic elements. I mean, I, I always think that about science fiction. like you can have science fiction that's ok, but but something that really elevates itself above the genre is really where it becomes an exceptional experience for me. But other than uh, Castlevania, The only really ones I could, who that I can think of other than that are, um, Sonic the Hedgehog from early this year, which I, I can't say I, that probably was not a faithful adaptation from the games, but I, it, I thought it was lighthearted. I liked the performance of the actors. Um, Jim Carrey is always funny in those types of roles. He's, he's got a really good personality and, and the way he acts and, um, I mean it was obviously commercial success, which, you know, that's not everything. But um I, I like that that something from video games kinda reaches a broader audience because I think it's always good for a you know, a media a medium that I like to appeal to more people. I mean I, I think it's only good for more people to become interested in video games. I, I know you had your issues with that.
0: Yeah, and I can explain briefly what my perspective is coming from this as a video game and Sonic the Hedgehog fan more specifically. And it's not that I th- that it, I think it's a bad movie. I don't think the, the Sonic the Hedgehog movie that came out is bad. It just feels very generic, like it's mystical animal makes human friend story, and they just put the Sonic the Hedgehog character in it. But you could have had any of the other mystical animal, and it would have made been pretty much the exact same movie. Now, they did put in a lot of cool little references and Easter eggs and things from the pop culture that are there. My main issue is that I, it's just not what I wanted. I would have preferred it to be a full CG movie with more more directly referencing the universes of the games and having that. They already have the successful Sonic Boom cartoon that's full CG. They've had the anime Sonic X. So it's, it's not like there hasn't been good adaptations doing that. It's just always more fulfilling to see it get that Hollywood treatment and have that faith of like an animated character should be in an animated movie. So that's my principal complaint, but as a whole, no, I don't think it's bad. And I think you made an excellent point there, Ed, that it does broaden the audience. And there's probably a bunch of people who might either know who Sonic is or have never seen it before and may now start buying Sonic games for themselves or their children.
2: Yeah, it certainly is a case of the kind of movie where it doesn't succeed it maybe could have succeeded without the property but having a licensed property really drives its popularity now i'm not as opposed to having animated characters mixed with live action as you are it can this work is... in
0: some scenarios i just thought for like sonic specifically like, I, like I, I have that complaint more specifically about sonic for that instance but yeah i'm also a fan of like i think superhero movies should be animated more often than live action but that's a whole other
2: it can work. I mean, this is really kind of a deep cut, but I don't know if you've ever seen Who Framed Roger Rabbit.
0: Oh, yeah, uh, exactly. Like that in Space Jam. Yes. Amazing.
2: Yeah. I mean, animation with live action can merely be something special, but I will agree that Sonic is probably not an example of that, even though I really did enjoy it. The other one that I can think of that, that I found pretty enjoyable was Detective Pikachu. Yes. And, uh, again, I'm not a huge Pokemon fan. I played the games when I was younger. I think I stopped pretty much after the Game Boy Advance games. I don't even think I had a DS one. I think the last I played was maybe Ruby and Sapphire. And I did enjoy those as a kid. But, you know, I'm not one of those um, diehard Pokemon fans my age, of which it's very popular. But I do think that one was, was a fun movie. And it, it succeeded just as a movie as by itself. And it... So- it even if you're not a huge fan of Pokemon, you could get some of the nods, the references, and it does have a strong cast. Um, at least, you know, it had one star, and it kind of kind of like how I thought uh, Jim Carrey was a strong point of Sonic the Hedgehog. You know, right. R- ron Reynolds really added a lot to Detective Pikachu.
0: Once again, great. And the funny thing is, it's almost the reverse there. Or, I, I guess the same thing can be said for... Uh... <laughs> for Sonic as well, considering all the other adaptations, but they weren't, like, big movies. But Pokemon, I feel, I didn't feel as jilted when they did the live action, because there had already been three theatrical animated movies, maybe a fourth? I forget if the fourth movie ended up, but they, they had a huge deal when Pokemon brought up, and and if no one else brought that up, I was going to bring up Pokemon as one of the biggest animated uh, video game adaptations there is. So yeah, I agree with you. Detective Pikachu. And it was so funny, because when I first heard they were going to do a live-action Pokemon, I'm like, no, don't do that. It works so well animated, and it's just going to look really weird or really bad. And I was super impressed as the trailers came out. And I was convinced. I'm like, okay, I'm in. This is really cool. And when I watched it, I had a similar reaction. I thought it was just extremely well done, and I think it does really good as just being a new kind of movie in a mystical universe. And then if you understand what Pokemon is, it just enhances it. So, yeah, I agree with your points on that, too. It was also the effects a movie. were really good. I thought they did a great
2: job really bringing the Pokemon into a 3D design that integrates well with the real world. I mean, I, 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 don't, I, I feel like if Pokemon were real and they were walking around among us, that they, they got it pretty close to what they would look like.
0: I'll throw to Mark in just a second. Yes, although some of them, they I think they went a little too detailed, so some of them are borderline nightmare fuel. Which, I, if you <laughs> if you actually dig into like the Pokemon lore deep down in the literal translations, uh, or not translations, but the literal meanings in like some of the Pokédex entries, some of the Pokemon are actually nightmare fuel. So that <laughs> does make a lot of sense, and I think I would have probably. Ask them to go a little more towards the cartoony, especially since they do all those commercials for Pokemon Go where it's like CG, po- the more traditionally animated CG Pokemon next to humans. And I think people in, in general probably respond to that just as well, as long as the interactions look convincing. So that's that's, you know, there. But I, I agree overall that like they really did interpret them well. like they made Pikachu look cute. and That's what they had to do. So, Mark, uh, what did you want to add?
1: Yeah, well, going back to Sonic real quick, I I realized I I had written well, this right down ahead. earlier. Um, some just quick props to to that movie in how long they kind of delayed everything, and then you know I don't think it it got five stars out of five from everyone, but I think it had great success even after its delayed entry into the theaters. So I just want to say that real quick, and then one other detail too with Detective Pikachu, I haven't seen it yet myself, uh, but didn't realize, but actually. It's pretty much number two in terms of I'm looking at Wikipedia has got a great little breakdown as far as all the movies that have or all the video games that have become movies and breaking it down, looking specifically at live action Hollywood movies, actually netting only behind Warcraft in terms of worldwide profits. Uh, and since it only came out about a year ago and a little more, um, it's likely going to catch up to Warcraft, at least, you know, eventually.
0: Detective Pikachu or Sonic?
1: Detective Pikachu.
0: Okay, because that's one one thing that actually surprised me early on, and I, I, it sounds like it changed, is that Sonic was outselling Detective Pikachu as a movie, like in terms of raw box office numbers, and I was super shocked. Now, I realize <laughs> that Sonic's been around longer, but Pokemon is so much bigger, I was really surprised yeah. that Pikachu isn't... Honestly, I'm, I'm surprised it's not bigger than Warcraft at this point because it's Pokemon, and you would figure everyone with their mom their child and their grandma would have gone like three times because it's pokemon but i think it also had like a weird weird timing around that so that might have been part of it
1: Do i'm gonna give you a, the top five real quick as far as the top five grossing video game movies yeah go right ahead. all right warcraft at i'm gonna round it sure, sure. down uh warcraft 440 million dollars detective pikachu 433 Rampage, 428 million. Oh my God, I forgot that. 336 million. And then Resident Evil at 312. And then Sonic is right at the cusp at number six, but at 308.
0: Now, when it says Resident Evil, is that like the series or is uh, that Sorry,
1: final chapter.
0: Oh, geez. Wow. Uh, okay. That's... Mark, I do want to. Oh, sorry, Ryan.
3: Uh, right I just want to jump in real quick before we get to another topic. Um, I wanted to jump in to your point about. the the delays for sonic um i think it is worth noting i mean that it's pretty cool that they did delay it to get it right and not that it was perfect but they um, if you remember they got i think we we had talked about it a couple times when we hung out at that time Mm. they got a huge amount of backlash from fans because of how bad that initial sonic design looked right um so i I think (laughs) it was
1: my dreams (laughs) impressively terrible
3: so i think it was cool i mean sometimes you you see like You know, because I think I have the feeling either way, it it probably would have made money because it was a Sonic movie. It had the Sonic name. So, you know, it's pretty easy for like a corporate movie studio or company to be like, well, we already spent all this time and money on the initial design. We're probably going to have good box office numbers either way. We're just going to ignore the fans and do what we want. So I I think it, it was pretty cool that they decided to listen to the fans and delay it and probably cost, even though maybe they did make a little bit money more money back from the box office they probably cost themselves more by the redesign and the delays so um i I think it's nice and and worth noting that uh they did take a, a lot of extra time to make sure that it was right because that second design was certainly much better than the uh than that original uh, disaster so I, anyway I, sorry i just want to jump in before we got onto another
1: topic I, say, I think that's something that that's a risk in terms of that investment that sega is absolutely you know they don't want to tarnish that image that could potentially you know hinder game sales for the next decade if if something like that goes out the door and it just doesn't match what the fans were looking for oh
0: mm-hmm. sonic's game sales are completely their own fault <laughs> that movie would not <laughs> yeah. have done much yes. uh, if anything the movie could have only heard it uh, could only have helped it excuse me right uh, a freudian slip there the yeah. uh yeah the redesign as a sonic fan that was absolutely necessary and probably is the main reason that the movie got way more positive reception and people went to go see it because oh good they fixed it and that's amazing Uh, And it's probably made more money than we think it has due to the fact that they did green light light the sequel, and it's in production right now. Cool. So, quickly tossing back to Ed, were there any other video game adaptations you wanted to quickly point out as faves or absolute hated?
2: (laughs) Honestly, I haven't seen that many. I know, know you mentioned some big ones. I didn't see Warcraft. I didn't see Rampage haven't seen any of the resident evil movies or tomb raider I, I i i guess there haven't really been that many that i've been in and you know the three that i mentioned i i've only seen because i i thought they would actually be good movies and maybe one maybe one day they'll make uh something based on some of my favorite series and i think we're going to talk that talk about that a little bit later
0: yes we will certainly but i'm not
2: a huge um connoisseur of of video game movies um maybe I should be. Maybe there's some gaps in my viewing history that I need to go back and fill.
0: Well, that's part of what the conversation's here for is maybe you'll uh, hear some of the stuff we talk about and you'll want to check it out. But if not, that's also fine as well. We we all choose to spend our time having fun in whatever way we can without hurting people. So that's fine. So we're going to move on to Paul. Why don't you tell us about what you've been exposed to in terms of video game adaptations and some of your favorites?
3: All right. Well, um, I'm kind of similar to Ed, where I, I haven't seen a whole lot, you know, compared to how I, I think I'm probably the same way, whereas they just haven't made a lot of movies or TV shows based on video games that I like to play. So um, I haven't seen a lot. But first, of all, I'll start off with one that I didn't like. I was really disappointed with the Resident Evil series, the movie series. Uh, And we'll probably get more into this whenever we do our Resident Evil specific podcast. But um, like you mentioned when you were talking, it's not the first movie, at least. It's not a bad movie. And I, I guess the overall theme of it isn't necessarily unfaithful to Resident Evil. But my biggest problem with it is that the main character of the entire movie series is not a character in the Resident Evil games. Like Alice, that character they created. Like she's yeah. not in all resident evil video game like why d- did you make a video game based movie off like entirely around this character who's not in a video game so that bothered me also the first movie didn't from what i could remember didn't have any characters from the video games other than the zombies and i think the liquor but actual human characters um they got some more i, I think in the second one they had, had added jill as a side character and um uh, a couple others but yeah the first one from what i could remember didn't even have a single character from the movie so that was my, or from the video games, so that, that was my biggest problem and why I was so disappointed is it wasn't horrible, but it's just like when I want to see a video game movie, I want to see these characters that I love playing as in the video games and stuff, so I'm really disappointed with that.
1: As a fan of those movies, and actually not so much of the games, I've, I've never played a Resident Evil, but I've seen all of the Resident Evil movies, I, I completely agree in that it was always bizarre that none of the characters were being passed along, actually, you saw the final chapter—the one that we were just talking about a minute ago—just a couple of months back in quarantine, just to kind of finally wrap things up on on that series. Um, and I, I enjoyed it. It was it was what it was. Um, I, I I don't know. I, I don't remember so many of the initial films, but they literally could have called the whole series, you know, Alice's Adventures or something like that. It, <laughs> it didn't need to be Resident Evil specifically. It was it was yeah. a zombie film, and I think back mm-hmm. in the early to mid two thousands. Like 2010-ish I think there were tons and tons of zombie movies and sort of that has shifted in culture somewhat so they were they were good but yeah it, it was bizarre that the character Titans were yeah. ma- mostly non-existent yeah, were and I could
3: I, I could see why you as having not played Resident Evil games would wouldn't mind the movies or would be a fan of the movies because yeah they're, they're at least I haven't seen all of them um, but the ones I saw are like I said aren't aren't terrible as just like movies themselves but you know the fact that they really don't have much to do with the video games is bothersome to me so i could see having for you having not played resident evil games you don't have that connection as much so you you might just look at them as like oh it's a cool zombie movie or whatever
1: yeah they're uh, very much you know sci-fi matrixy kill bill like female lead just super badass and yeah just crushing everything um, and it's
3: it's strange like I, I, the idea of like you just mentioned, a female lead being like super tough and crushing everything. They could have done that with existing characters. Like in the first game, they have Jill and is as the main one of the main characters. And in the second game, they have Claire as one of the main characters. So they could have used either one of them. I I mean, maybe they didn't because they don't have the like the powers or like, you know, they were they were kind of different from what Alice was. So maybe they they figured let's just create a new character. But they did already have two strong female characters in the first two games so it's it's strange that they went with a whole new character unless like i said maybe they just figured the the character that they wanted to use was too different so they figured let's just create a new one but yeah it's interesting
1: i have a feeling give give it a few years and within the gaming community we'll kind of learn from from that actress and just i'm sure from some of the behind the scenes like why did they take the the direction that they did you know
0: yeah. well actually a lot of that has been explored and Resident Evil media is a huge tangent in and of itself, and it's very timely. Uh, Speaking as a fan of of the Resident Evil video games first, I thought the first movie is still pretty decent as, like, a Resident Evil adaptation. It was originally supposed to be sort of tied into the canon of the games as, like, an origin story for the outbreak, which was later retconned by Resident Evil Zero, or why the Spencer Mansion was overrun with the virus. Alice might be name-dropped at some point in one of the games, but I'm pretty sure she's actually fully separated from the the game canon at this point, and the movies became their own Resident Evil canon. They slowly brought over some of the characters as Jill appears in number two, and then I believe Claire is in number three. They eventually have Chris. Uh, They do bring back Jill later, inspired by her events in Resident Evil 5, Wesker becomes the main villain throughout the thing. I think starting in three, maybe in two. He might be in the Easter egg section, uh, or not the Easter egg, but the um, I think there's a stinger, and that's and Wesker's shown up in there. I don't think Leon's ever in it, but I'd have to double check on that. And then they, of course, they brought over a bunch of the the enemies because that's the coolest thing about well, some one of the coolest things about the Resident Evil games. So those are super easy to adapt for movies to give the the hero is something to fight against. And yeah, Alice just going off the rails, getting superpowers. That, But they made seven movies. They're good popcorn flicks, and they're not great adaptations. But they sold, and I think it was seven movies? Seven or eight? And I th- saw four in theaters. I may have seen a, the fifth one and it by like Blu-ray or rental or something like that. But at that point, I was just like, this is never going to come back to what the first movie was. So I gave up on that series. However, there are three CG movies that Capcom produced that do use the characters and are directly tied into game canon. Softly, and and soft canon means it doesn't... uh, As long as it doesn't conflict with what the games do, it counts. So, and me and Paul were talking about this as well, so there's those three CG movies out there that people can watch. And they're also leaning more towards, like popcorn movie-esque, but they're far more faithful in terms of, like, they're using the actual characters, they're tied into the game stories, and actually take into account uh, events prior to set up their current situations. So, that's great there. And then in timely news, they are rebooting the Resident Evil movie series, and they're doing a new live-action series that's supposed to be way more faith, or live-action movie that's supposed to be way more faithful, and maybe I'm mixing up some of this, because I thought they are also doing a movie, but there is, Netflix is doing two projects, in which they are doing a live action series, that is supposed to be its own side timeline, something with like Wesker's twin daughters, and I'd have to know more about it, but that's in and of itself, right, that line right there made me go, Ugh, I don't know about this. But we'll see. If it's horror-themed, it could be very good horror, and I could be very into that. And Resident Evil does have a certain camp to it, but that's the thing, is it, it needs to have leg- legit trying to be a horror movie and not all camp in order to make it work. It just has to be like some very silly, melodramatic stuff to really be Resident Evil. But it has, to, at its core, the characters have to be trying to take it seriously while ridiculous stuff is going on around it. And then the second thing is Resident Evil Infinite Darkness, which is a CG series that is being adapted, and they've shown that Claire, uh, Claire Redfield and Leon Kennedy will be starring in that. I think the timeline's a little dubious, but it is going to be related to the games, much like the CG stuff. I'm super excited for that. Uh, and definitely we'll, we'll talk about more of those when we get more information about them. But yeah, they are not letting Resident Evil die, and also mm-hmm. Capcom likes what the guy, uh, I forget who the director was, but likes him and his wife is Mila Jovovich, who played Alice in the Resident Evil movies, and Mila Jovovich will be the new starring character in the Monster Hunter movie series with the first adaptation coming out sooner rather than later. A, a, t- a small teaser just went out, and I I'll, I might talk about that just a little bit, but yeah, Capcom is uh, down to <laughs> make movies of its two biggest series. yeah infinite darkness looks awesome that
3: they just only have the teaser for netflix but from the teaser it looks amazing i um I, i love claire and leon claire's probably my favorite character of the resident evil series um and leon's always great so i like right away that they have characters and because it's uh cg they look just like they do in the video game um and Based on the teaser, it looks very creepy, very horror, suspense, stuff like that. So um, I'm really excited. But I can go, I can move on to a video game adaptation that I do like, um, uh, unless you had anything else to add about the Resident Evil stuff. I'm oh, sorry, that was just a side tangent. You, you keep going. No, no, cool. All right. Yeah. So um, the, my favorite video game uh, movie adaptation, I think all of you guys touched on it a little bit, but is the Mortal Kombat movie. I uh, believe it came out in 1995. The first one, we won't talk about Annihilation. That was that was kind of rough. <laughs> but anyway, uh, so the first one, so it's kind of the opposite of the way I feel about the Resident Evil movie series, where I thought they were very faithful to the game. You know, it's not perfect. They have some storyline stuff that's not exact. But overall, um, I thought they really got it right. I mean, the characters look great as far as like, how they do in the video games, the story, you know, Luke Kang's the main character. He's, he's the guy that, you know, wins it all that, you know, defeats it and saves earth and, and all that stuff. You know, Johnny Cage is the cool guy. It's, they even added stuff from the games. Like after Johnny Cage defeats Scorpion, he, um, he signs his autograph and throws it kind of like he does in the, uh, I think that was his friendship in Mortal Kombat 2. Um, so I thought that was really cool. I mean, and, and I think the fight scenes even today still hold up pretty well. Uh, you know, a lot of times you see those movies from the 90s during that, like, early era of CGI, and it's, like, stuff that you thought maybe was awesome when you were a kid. You look at it now, and it's like, oof, that's rough. But um, for the most part, it, it, I think the fight scenes still look really cool. Um, there's not too much cringeworthy stuff. But, yeah, uh, overall, that's—I think it's a great movie. Like I said, I, I could still watch it today and be happy with it, be a fan of it.
1: They what was that did. movie rated? PG or—
2: uh, Pretty sure it was R. Was it I, R? I don't. In the nineties, they they weren't. I it feel was, like that was like it was the eighties when they were gung ho with R movies. Nineties, they thought they were like backing off and trying to. Get I'm gonna opinions.
3: look it up right now. I don't think it was R because there's no like swearing to or anything, and I'm it. I'm it's not to that. Vi-
0: it. yeah, I'm trying to find It's not right. that yeah. violent. Well,
3: I was gonna say PG actually, but.
0: Uh, yeah oh, reason that would,
1: i just found it. imdb pg-13 I, okay. well, I was i was seven years it. old and went to the movies with some friends of mine you know probably a parent brought us uh and i remember getting in tons and tons of trouble so it was kind of like the movie that i wasn't really supposed to see but I saw it in theaters <laughs> uh, i got in trouble for it it was a great movie and, and i honestly paul without you and i talking i knew you were going to bring it up and that's kind of why i <laughs> held on to it at the beginning and, and didn't really want to shed too much more into it, but yeah, I think it's, it's held up. It's definitely got a, a big following. I mean, granted the series, the game series also continues, which I think a yeah. lot of the games that we've talked about today do. Um, but something I thought was somewhat almost mind-boggling to me, the list that I was talking about earlier with the top five grossing movies, Mortal Kombat actually has the highest metacritic rating, metacritic rating of all movies on this Hollywood film um, hmm. list with a 58 out of hundred, which also kind of speaks into the <laughs> video game movies generally don't do super hot, yeah. but a 58. Yeah. Usually not super great, but it's also very impressive that Mortal Kombat owns, you know, and take it for what it's worth. It, this yeah. is in no way, like, it's the best video yeah. game movie. But a it's lot of the movies on here.
2: Is that Metacritic or
0: Rotten Tomatoes?
1: this is from metacritic there is also a rotten tomatoes list which i don't think it is on the very top let's see that's
0: that's no, the thing actually, that's surprising me is because i feel like detective pikachu or uh, or any of the other pokemon movies might have been rated slightly like yeah. slightly higher because they're just more family friendly so they just work out better but like that doesn't surprise me also is like mortal Kombat is so much more specifically a video game thing that i can i could totally see that being rated really high yeah i think that helped is how faithful it
3: was um and like i said as far as the fighting scenes uh holding up that might have helped too I, I think the choreography is really good and if i remember correctly um i think i read that those actors and actresses did their own stunts you know as far as like the, the guy who played lou king johnny cage sonia yes. like um i i think i could be wrong so um don't you know quote me on that but i i, I think i remember reading that they all uh, did their own stunts and fighting scenes. So that uh, probably helps it to make, a make it look a little more realistic as well. Um, so that could be a reason for the, uh, the higher rating
0: compared to some of those other movies. Yeah. I did want to quickly add on your a comment, Paul, that about, there was nothing really cringy. I'm like, no, no. no. What? It, there is plenty of cringe in that movie, but all of that cringe is in line and perfectly works for that movie. Yeah, so that's true. where, like, Johnny Johnny Cage is a cringy character, but that's <laughs> <He is. laughs> what you want from Johnny Cage. So yeah, 100%. they they nailed that movie so hard, and it's really disappointing. But it seems like they like a lot of sequels. It's almost like a game thing. They just tried to do too much with that second movie, way too much. Yeah, because like they mixed. In Mortal Kombat 2 and 3. And, and they, even, like, some tr-
3: yeah. ultimate, I think,
0: like, trilogy. They were getting into everything, yeah. Well, there were multiple... Yeah, MK3 had multiple adaptations, and that or mm-hmm. uh, not, uh, iterations, because that's the thing. MK3 had, like, ultimate, and I think there was a couple right, other right. things. However, despite all that, like, that first movie is still beloved, and it's in every single conversation like this one today. And Mortal Kombat's adaptations is also one of the more prolific ones as well. When we look at the list here, there's been uh, the the web series, Mortal Kombat, uh, I think it was Legacy Legends? Uh, I was just looking at it. No, no, Mortal, Mortal Kombat Legends Scorpion's Revenge is an animated, essentially, redo of the first movie, more from Scorpion's perspective and also adapting more of the lore that the games have shown off. If you have to watch it, but I'm super impressed, it's fully animated, it's put out by WB and, boy, do I need to watch that. Um, There was the web series that they put out that was also kind of more of a grounded take on the Mortal Kombat lore. I'm trying to find that again. Where is it? Oh, here it is. Mortal Kombat Kombat Legacy, which was from 2011-2013, and then eventually was released on Blu-ray. And then the funniest thing is, because these were meant to be... Rated M games in Mortal Kombat is notorious for being one of the few games or one of the key games in getting the ESRB formed because of its violence and being exposed and well received by children. So it's also funny to think that series that has played into its brutal violence, to a comic degree, but nonetheless like, gory detail. Then spawned children's cartoons with Mortal Kombat Defenders of the Realm and I believe it was a sequel series Mortal Kombat Conquest in the in the ni- late 90s as well. Um, and I think they're still planning on doing a new movie. Uh, let me check here. Oh, It's saying animated film. There's another one called Mortal Kombat The Journey Begins but I'm, I'm not going to read into that right now. I know nothing about it off the top of my head. And then, oh, short film, Mortal Kombat Rebirth, was in 2010. I don't know what that one's about either. I think there is rumor also that they still want to do another Mortal Kombat film, and considering the video games just rebooted themselves with Mortal Kombat uh, 9, and then Mortal Kombat 10 and 11. Well, it's not called Mortal Kombat 9, but I forget what the year is for that one.
3: It was 2011, Uh, I believe.
0: Okay, cool. So that one, which is just self-titled Mortal Kombat in 2011, but colloquially known as MK9, was a, a hard reboot for the series, uh, lore-wise at least, and then 10 and 11 have been extremely successful. So, yeah, uh, Mortal Kombat's another one that just keeps on kicking, and more often than not, it's it's really hit, although the cartoon series never got into any of the core, it just used the beloved characters.
3: Yeah. Yeah, I um, I, I wish more um, adaptations would be that way, where they, um like I said, it's not perfect, they don't do everything 100% to uh, the video game but you, you wouldn't expect it to it'd be too difficult I, I think they do as good of a job as possible like you said they nailed it with johnny cage even though he's very cringeworthy i think um you know when he first meets luke King, he uh he just like he figures he's there to just carry his bags and just he has st- just stuff like that and he, yep. but um that's johnny cage that's what you would think he would be and he actually kind of grows as a character by the end he ends up challenging goro pretty much to like save everybody else from having to face him so um, yeah, definitely uh, definitely a good one, definitely still holds up, um, so that's my top pick, but uh, Ryan, we haven't heard from you, so I'm curious to see what you think, unless you have anything else to add about Mortal Kombat.
0: Okay, yeah, so my turn, and it's just, I did look into a bunch of stuff, and as I was looking just to see how much stuff was adapted, I realized more and more how much I've actually seen, because there was a, a bringing up the Mortal Kombat cartoon, there are so many Ad- cartoon adaptations that happened in the mid to late 90s of those things. There was Mortal Kombat, there was Street Fighter, there was Mario uh, the Super Mario Funhouse it might have been called. I- I'm completely messing up that name. But then there was like the Nintendo crossovers with Cap. Uh, I think it might have been Captain End Adventures. And yes, I'm going to butcher a bunch of these titles because I can't remember these. There was the Zelda cartoon. There was the Donkey Kong CG cartoon. There has been so much in th- that I've watched there and then the movies that we've already talked about And there's some big heavy hitters like Warcraft that I don't think any of us here may have watched. Uh, I don't know if any of us are fans of Warcraft, but that's like one of those. Obviously, all the Pokemon movies, all the Resident Evil movies. Capcom also put out Dragon's Dogma uh, just recently as another animated series on there. But I've heard middling things on Netflix in regards to to that series. But yeah, the more you delve deeper in there, uh, there's so many adaptations of video games. And it's such a mixed bag. It's been getting better. And a lot of you guys have named my favorites. And I forget, like, Rampage, yes, is loosely based on the the arcade game of the same name. But then also Need for Speed had a live-action movie. Uh, there's been plenty of anime adaptations of other things that haven't been huge, but they exist. Let me pull up my list here, put that to the side. Oh, yeah, there's been... Uh, Mega Man had the cartoon. Sonic has had Sonic X on top of a couple other little spin-off animated's on top of a long-running comic series. Uh, Ratchet and Clank got their own movie that was tied into the reboot of the the video game series. Final Fantasy put out their terrible standalone movie Spirits Within, which I did see in theaters and was horribly disappointed in. But then also they produced the tie-in canon installment of Final Fantasy VII Advent Children, which was amazing. And there's an anime I haven't watched, but that still exists also. Kirby... Right back at you. Uh, whoever brought that up in chat before, thank you very much for reminding me. Pokemon, of course, has been there forever. <laughs> Heavenly Sword, another little anim- uh, little animated adaptation coming from that. Silent Hill had two movies. The first Silent Hill movie, I actually think, really good. It is, as far as an adaptation, I haven't really played the Silent Hill game, so I can't say it was it's that great. And from what I've heard, it steps on a few things. But the first movie is at least okay. It's watchable. I thought it was definitely a really creepy movie. And I want to touch on Halo again. I did watch Halo Legends, and I was really impressed by that. But also, I think it's worth mentioning Red vs. Blue, the ongoing series from Rooster Teeth, that isn't directly tied into Halo, but constantly uses Halo assets and has been allowed to go on for multiple seasons. I'm very surprised that there, or at least I haven't heard of any talks in which Microsoft wants to make a spin-off game based on the Red vs. Blue series... But it seems like they should, especially with Halo Infinite, you know, having its development issues. Uh, I think we could use a third-person action game in the Halo universe to kind of spice things up. They, they did the RTS, there's no reason not to try and do spin-offs there. And then there's also a bu- been a bunch of other one-offs, and me being like the resident anime fan here, I'll list off a few ones that, uh, if you guys don't recognize, definitely viewers will. Um, Ed, you probably brought up Steinsgate was a very successful anime that actually was adapted yeah from yeah a visual i haven't novel played game. or
2: watched either but um i hear they're very good
0: i do have to watch it i probably don't have the, I, I know i don't have the patience for visual novels but i would totally i do <laughs> want to watch the anime as it is extremely well critically praised and it does have two seasons i believe um, but persona has had adaptations for four and five bayonetta got an animated movie Straight to DVD release. F Zero had an anime uh, series, and I'm sure Mike is ha- would be happy to know that I brought up F Zero there. The Dot Hack series is one of the more closely tied projects where they actually released anime episodes with each installment of the original Dot Hack games, and has since had multiple adaptations that tie directly into the games, if not just being canon alongside them. Uh, Tales of has had adaptations there. Blaze Blue had some adaptations. Uh, And yeah, a lot of these are fighting games, but I'm the fighting game guy. Phoenix Wright, Ace Attorney had an anime series as well. And then there's just a bunch of others. And some, uh, like Tekken has had a few animated series. (laughs) Dead or Alive has had, uh, Tekken has also had a live action movie that was not very good. I did not watch it, but I heard about it. Dead or Alive, same thing. They haven't, I don't think they have any thing, but they, uh, any animated stuff. But they do have a live action movie. Also, same thing, just not that great. And it's just it's crazy. And of course video games also have inspired, as long as I'm talking about anime, the isekai genre, of which that is about people getting trapped inside video game worlds. Typically MMOs, but it can be other things. Among others like Wreck-It Ralph and Ready Player One, which are just inspired by video games. Uh, so all of this media is so amazing. And when it, since it's not going to be my dream thing, because it's, it's going to happen. It was going to be Kingdom Hearts. But just a couple months ago it was leaked and confirmed that there is a Kingdom Hearts animated series coming out for Disney Plus. And Really? I'm very happy. It's the first
2: to I've hear. heard of it.
0: <laughs> yeah, it probably got lost in the shuffle. I'm I i do not remember if I brought it up in our in our chat, but it is happening and that's exactly what I've been hoping for. It's been something that they that's been in the works for years, but they just couldn't figure out what they wanted to do with it. So glad they're finally settling on something. Still could be canceled. It's very early production, like we don't even see screenshots of it. But it definitely makes sense for Disney Plus and to bring that there. And I've always thought that there is just no reason that Disney should not leverage the Kingdom Hearts franchise, especially since they do tons of crossover tie in stuff in their own side cartoons as well. So just taking that Kingdom Hearts thing and, and especially since they do like the graphic novels as well as side stuff uh, on top of all the games, but there's a resurgence happening. And so I'm very happy that that's on the way. And I'm cautiously optimistic that on what that project will be. So yeah, a lot of that stuff is, is really cool. It's been super mixed results. I have my thoughts and feelings about live adaptations, which I'm more about like it's video games. Just do, just do it animated. It just makes more sense. There's already tons of great voice actors, you can easily have them voice the characters, but it's not Hollywood talent and big names, and it's just... I I don't think that does justice to what the series are, and I think a lot of the stuff hasn't done justice to the series. Certain things, it doesn't really matter. Like, when Doom was adapted, it's like, okay, you put The Rock in it, this is, like, a good action premise that you can kind of do anything with, and that makes a lot of sense. The Doom guy wasn't really fleshed out much. And now that video games are much more like movies sticking to Doom, if you play the new new Doom 2016 or Doom Eternal, it's it's basically like a sci-fi action movie in and of itself. And you get tons of action and uh, there's more characterization and lore to the world and you don't really need a movie or a series for it. But there's the reason adaptations, in my opinion, are still very necessary is because it grows the fan base and there will always be people who just don't want to... Hang on, let me rephrase that there's always a skill gap to playing a video game and enjoying a video game. And not everyone is willing to or able to get into that, despite the fact that they might end up liking the property. Now, online video with YouTube and Twitch streaming has made that a lot more accessible, and I think the popularity of those goes to show people can get invested in those properties, and then TV series and movie adaptations of those is just another way to help honor and explore Those properties. So, really excited about the stuff going forward, and I do want to segue over into us talking about our dream projects. But does anyone else have any thoughts on, you know, what you like to see in a video game adaptation? We've kind of touched on that more, but if anyone's got any more specific thoughts, so let me toss back over to Mark. You know, thoughts on just what you want to, what makes a good video game adaptation to you?
1: Well, it's not necessarily that. Like, what I'm thinking of is, you know, we all everybody on the podcast today we all enjoy video games it's it's a form of entertainment as you were talking about and it's in my opinion way more immersive than watching a movie so
0: mm-hmm.
1: it's it's just it's different it's tough to say you know how could you make a movie better than a video game because in my opinion i i need that interaction i need that immersion that a movie is not necessarily going to give me unless you know hook up vr or something crazy to like literally put me in there but that's sort of what i look at is just you know it's a different platform, so i I really enjoy kind of like creating my story, even though yes, I know millions of others are are having that very similar story with you know single player games and whatnot.
0: Actually, let me change my question because you made you made good points there, um and we've all kind of talked about what we appreciate in there. So a better question for the group would be, have you seen an adaptation of a video game that has made you more interested? In that video game, and has either pushed you to try it or at least made you think about playing it. And I'll I'll toss over to Ed first.
2: Well, the ones that I've seen, Detective Pikachu. No, I'm uh, pretty much over Pokemon at this point. Um, not because I feel like I'm too old for it. I just I, I've really fallen out of uh, love with the whole monster collection thing. I know there's other other games that have that that mechanic, and I tend to avoid Sonic. Probably not. I'm not a huge fan of platformers anymore, even though I used to be. Castlevania, yeah, I'd actually like to play more of the games. I, I think earlier this year I bought Symphony of the Night, and part of that is because I do enjoy the genre, and I and I earlier this year also played Super Metroid, so I thought I should probably take it upon myself to you know, play the two games that birthed birth the, okay, I'll call it the labyrinth game genre. <laughs> Other than that, I, I no, not really. Um, I, I guess that comes down to the fact that I I can you know enjoy any movie or film that is good. It, it doesn't necessarily have to be related to a game that I like. I think anything with a you know a rich lore and, and uh, well developed characters can uh, succeed. And maybe that's not that encouraging in terms of getting people into the game. Because if um, me, a gamer doesn't feel like super inspired to follow up on the, on the uh, franchise in terms of their interactive experiences, then maybe the average movie goer isn't going to feel that way either. But I guess if only a few people become more interested in the franchise, it's still worth it. And it does make the money. So you know, Sega can take that Sonic the Hedgehog movie money and hopefully make a better Sonic game.
0: hopefully they seem to be taking their time but you did say that you are more interested in Castlevania and looking a little deeper so that right there does speak to slightly more interest but at least you you didn't speak to anything going like making you (laughs) more repulsed and I think uh, you made a good point on the lore if anything's got good lore and strength and I think that's part of why movies and series adaptations are so good is because it can expose people directly to the lore instead of making them have to work for it which I think from time to time, is a is a very good thing.
2: But for me, it's definitely about you know the gameplay. I mean, I know I'm not a big fan of platformers, and I'm not a big fan of those monster collecting games, which um, I used to be as a, as a, when I was younger, but, but not anymore. But I do like Metroidvanias, so I would like to play more of those uh, Castlevania games. But I will not be going back and playing the pre Symphony Night games because I you know that's just not in the style that I enjoy. So, you know, if a movie comes out and I know I would enjoy that genre, because, you know, at this point in my life, I I do have a better handle on the kind of games that I do like to play. You know, for many years, I, I would try different games. And um, you know, part of that is just exploring genres and learning your tastes. But, but now I'm a little more in tune with what I would like. So it's a little easier for me to identify where I'd like to go deeper.
0: Okay. And then, uh, Paul, have you seen any adaptations that have made you more interested in the video game they're based on?
3: No, I don't think so. And uh, the reason for that, I would say, is because I really, I haven't watched any that I any adaptations that I didn't already like. You know what I mean? So, like, if I yeah yeah I, I tend to only watch stuff like, oh, I like this video game, so I'm gonna check this out. I haven't really gone out of my way to watch anything that's an adaptation that i haven't already played just because i don't know the part of the reason why i watch it is because i like the video game so yeah i I really haven't seen any that have gotten me into a video game series mainly just because i i don't think i've watched any so i tend to just stick with ones that i know
0: okay and uh tossing back to mark then
1: i think you guys are all liars I think Super Mario Brothers was one of the first movies many of us saw, and then we wound up going to play <laughs> how many of their <laughs> games oh, for man. decades. Oh. No, I, um, I kind of agree. I mean, Resident Evil, as we were talking about this today, that was kind of the first one out. I'm like, you know, that's one series that I really enjoyed and as, as far as the film, but never actually played the game. But the game just never really ignited my interest. So I, I would also have to say no, not so much as far as a movie enticing me to try out the game.
0: Okay. For me, it's pretty much the same story as everyone else, where I pretty much watch the, the media because I'm interested in the game originally, and then I'll check out the TV show or that. But upon reflecting, I did realize that, and these two are so closely tied together, it's almost unfair to say this, but Ratchet & Clank. I'm planning on playing the new Ratchet and & Clank, and I have to say I'm really interested because not only did I play a little bit of the the reboot game, but the reboot game did have the movie, and those two are tied together in a weird way. So I'm more interested in trying that out. And I think that, you know, it's partially to understand, oh, they actually made, like, an animated movie, and that really makes a lot of sense, and the new character designs look good, and it's got this really kind of kooky-looking story. So, yeah, I think uh, I'm going to say, you know, there being a Ratchet & Clank cartoon as— or not cartoon, but the, the animated feature— Um, I haven't watched the full thing, but I'm aware of it, so I, I would say that has partially helped make me more interested in Ratchet and Clank. But yeah, I was just curious. It seemed unlikely, but it seemed it was worthwhile asking if people were interested in uh, got more interested in that because I'm I'm, we've been mentioning it. We think that that's probably what happens for some of them. Um, But for us who are more interested on the video game side, it it seems that it is more purely. We already know what games we like, and we watch the movies because they're based on those games.
2: I will say um, one thing you said I think is very accurate: that playing games there is a, you know, there is a skill barrier, and uh, even for myself, if I'm really just burnt out from the day, I, I I almost prefer just to plop down and watch TV or movie because you know there is a level of engagement that when you're playing video games, it I think it makes you have to think and try a little more than if you're watching TV, um, and some people just don't want to deal with that. Um, you know even me sometimes, but I, I do think there is something rewarding about actually, you know uh, making the story happen on your own. It's one reason why I, I, I don't really enjoy um, watching people stream games and I, I kind of resist going through and watching cutscenes or story recaps because you know I feel like if I'm gonna go through a video game story, I, I should be the one to make it happen.
0: Oh yeah, and I more specifically watch people stream games if I've already beaten the game. So I will. I I've done this because I'm so in love with the the Resident Evil games that I've beaten the games, and then I go back and I watch some of my favorite streamers play them because I know that they're super fans as well and see their reactions. So then I'll, I'll watch that, and that's usually what I'll do. Or I'll use it as a preview, kind of like uh, what you're saying. There's I avoid the cutscenes, but I'll be like, okay, what does like the first hour of this game look like? Is it actually good? Is it actually panning out the way I want it to? And then that helps me decide whether or not to rent, buy, or even bother <laughs> with the game. Yeah, I've got it's funny you bring that up because, um, possibly due to the
3: pandemic, probably I've gotten really into watching streamers this year, Twitch streamers and stuff, both for games that I have played for reason that you mentioned and also games uh, that I haven't played just to see um what they look like but yeah i don't know there's something that i've i've gotten really addicted to just like watching people play and seeing the reactions and stuff
0: yeah so oh and i'd be remiss if i didn't mention the new Jumanji movies which have the the board game turns into a video game and at first i just was appalled at the idea of a Jumanji <laughs> sequel but after seeing the first movie and being con- upon recommendation i was I genuinely enjoyed it, and then they did the sequel, which I haven't seen yet, but I'm down to see it. I just have to take the time to, to watch it in, in some way. Um, so that's another thing where, yeah, inspired by video games, and just the world of video games, I think, can, especially if they take the time to have some fun with it in movies, there's a lot you can you can draw from that. So that's where a lot of this allure comes from and why we're we're talking about it today. So now for this last segment, we're going to go around and just talk about what we think our dream project would be. Uh, and you can get as into as much detail as you'd want or as little, and you can be completely unrealistic, which is completely fine. So whether that's a movie, a TV series, just a short little adaptation thing, or maybe you really don't even want to, which is, is fine as well, and just, just talk about that. So we'll go back around the room here, and we'll start with Mark. What is your dream project?
1: I think I started covering uh, the specifics earlier, so I apologize, but oh, likely already in development, the Gears franchise, the, the first Gears movie, I, I think I covered a lot of it already, but just sort of that third for, third person, in-your-face, gritty, bloody sort of approach to a movie, um, I, I think would follow the game's rate. I, I did a little reading, and apparently it's not going to be based off of any game so you know it'd likely include brand new characters i would love to kind of see what else they can do they have had a few games in the past year now that have kind of explored that that main plot line so yeah that's that's sort of where um where
0: i'm at now so compared to that information about what the project is like now you know if you were in control what would you want project to be like i'll let me start first by asking would you want it to be live action or would you maybe want it to be animated using like the unreal engine though and being able to look like the game
1: good question definitely live action um i think you know with the graphics these days i think that pretty much is going to come as close uh to to a video game kind of approach uh that we can get but it funny you ask that because something i meant to bring up earlier too so they added Dave Batista who I believe is also a wrestler Paul correct me if I'm wrong
3: yes right? he is. Yes, or he was it. I don't I don't he, he doesn't he doesn't actively wrestle anymore he'll sometimes okay. be on but yeah
1: yeah I, I thought so and and I I want to just get that clarity so thank you uh, they actually added him because he have, he has expressed his interest to star in the lead role for years now like it, it's very yeah. public He's said it like you guys have to put me in a movie if you make a movie. And they've basically said no, but we will add you to the game, and they finally did that just last year. So as far as all that goes, yeah, live action. Um, it would be fun to kind of have you know the big muscle kind of characters, maybe like Dave Bautista or others. But yeah, I, I'm not I'm not too specific as far as exactly what I want. I, I think they'll they'll do a good job, but it just comes down to if and when because you know here we are. A year after, it was sort of confirmed again. But we, we need to see a trailer, I think, to really know that, it all right, this is actually going to happen.
0: Yeah, and with the Gears games having gone pretty far in their lore, would you prefer the story to be something more of like an origin tale that takes place before? Because there's, there's a good period of time before the first game that's not really covered, or or Judgment, which is also a prequel. Is there... Uh-huh. What time period in the game series would you be most interested in? Would it be like before, kind of during the, the the primary trilogy? Or would you like to see the aftermath? Or would you like to see it be a series and kind of touch on all those points?
1: Yeah, that's that's a great question. Um, I would probably lean more towards a series because there are a couple major events. And I feel like I can say spoilers because some of these things have happened well over 10 years at, at this point. But like... <laughs> playing playing with my two brothers like i remember we almost all were like in tears crying like just and i've never ever ever felt that way playing any other game and that's why this series has always kept such a close place in my heart and that even talking about it now like it's it's emotional and getting that from a video game trying to get that across in film as well like i think it it's crazy and i'm actually reading All the books all the way from the beginning which was sort of my quarantine goal and uh i'm I'm early enough in but there's already been a couple emotional pieces that have already tugged at my strings you know
0: Mm -hmm. okay and then do you have any thoughts on it being movies and multiple movies versus having more like a series like either a netflix or some sort of online streaming Uh, do you have any thoughts on those two ideas or what you'd prefer
1: Yeah, I definitely prefer kind of a a one and done. I'm not super crazy about the Netflix series as far as, you know, it could have potentially been a movie, but then they just stretched it out. And because it feels too too much like an episode and it's like, all right, well, here we're going to take a commercial break and we're going to end off on a cliffhanger so that you watch the next episode or you renew your subscription to get the next season, next year or something. Like it just that stuff always rubs me the wrong way and, and I see right through it. Um, so I'm, I'm more for the, you know, hour and a half, two hours, whatever it may be of just here it is. Here's the end product and, and go from there.
0: Oh yeah. And you'd assume that they, when we're speculating here that you, they'd be done the way you wanted to. So if they, if they had purported that they're going to do a mini series, maybe six episodes and that's it. One season of that, you know, I'm would you watch it. <laughs> Oh yeah, you're still going to watch it. Would it, yeah. would you be more or less excited for it based on that if it was like, yeah, we're doing a one and done, but instead of doing like the the movie, it's going to be just this mini series like six episodes about 50 minutes apiece, you know. Would that would that make you feel bad in that regard or would you be just about as excited as you would for like one 2 hour movie?
1: I'd be excited either way. Right? Like huh. besides Assassin's Creed maybe like I feel like there hasn't been I mean I guess Sonic is up there too oh, yeah, but that's
0: right Assassin's like, Creed had a, movie. <laughs> a live what,
1: action movie right like what is the largest netting game that was converted into a movie like I feel like like obviously Halo hands down one of the biggest so if it did turn into a movie that would be tremendous Gears definitely doesn't have that same following but I I would be interested, like, either way, you know, it's not like I'm not going to watch it, but my phone's on if they want to call me and get my opinion on it.
0: (laughs) Very cool. Well, yeah, uh, looking forward to hearing more details on those, and we can always revisit this when some of our favorite stuff is out, and we can maybe do a big episode reviewing that. But That's that's for the future. Paul, what would be your dream project? And I'm probably going to ask you a lot of the same questions here, so uh, feel Mm -hmm. free to take it bit by bit.
3: Well, I I guess my biggest one would be something we already kind of touched on uh, is I, I wanted to see a more faithful uh, Resident Evil movie or series. It looks like uh, we might get that series uh, based on Infinite Darkness Netflix show that we talked about. Mm-hmm. You know, like I mentioned earlier, my biggest complaint about the the movie series was that for the most part it wasn't faithful to the games. You know, it didn't have enough of the characters, the main character wasn't in the video games, all that stuff. So that would probably be my main dream or would have been my main dream would be to get a series or movie that is much more similar to the video games, has video game characters. And uh, at least based on the t- teaser for Infinite Darkness, it looks like we might get that. Um, so mm-hmm. something else, I, I guess I'll, I'll go with two here since that one is kind of already happening. Um, I think it would be cool to get a Super Mario movie that is like a fully animated movie because to to my knowledge we haven't had that we had the old school mario brothers movie that i think mark might have brought up the the live action one that really wasn't anything like the video game at all (laughs) and then um you know there's of course the classic super mario brothers super show animated series from when we were kids but yeah to my knowledge we haven't had an actual movie really since then i mean with how popular mario is i'm surprised um we haven't had something like that i think it would be really cool I'm kind of with you, Ryan, is I'm I'm not much of a fan of the mixing of CGI or animation and live action, so I think it would be really cool to get just a fully animated uh, Mario movie that was very faithful to the uh, games. I think that would be
0: a lot of fun, and I think it would do really well. So that's excellent you brought that up. I was actually saving this for the end of the show, but Mario is getting a, a fully animated movie, done by illumination studios known for despicable me and minions so based off that information how do you feel about that yeah that sounds that sounds awesome i I, I guess
3: i would just like it to be faithful (laughs) as would be my only thing i'd like to add but yeah go ahead
0: i read uh an interview or a brief snippet from an interview about what convinced nintendo to team up with illumination and do another movie. From what I understood, Nintendo was just super scared off from working with Hollywood and doing any sort of movie adaptations of their properties after the Mario movie was handled so poorly, came out so poorly, was so poorly (laughs) received, and now it's infamous rather than famous. And apparently Miyamoto spoke with the, uh, the CEO or one of the top people in Illumination, and he was impressed because the Illumination executive said... Uh, He talked about that they've learned a lot from their own mistakes, and that's why they think... And that was what impressed Miyamoto, to say, hey, this might be a good idea, and this might be a good team to work with. And so, obviously, negotiations worked out. Uh, COVID's probably put a big damper on the production schedule, but that's in the works. And hopefully when it comes out, it'll pretty much just look like what we've seen all the Mario commercials with the CG Marios, and it'll just be... Mario adventure. No doubt it'll be 3D animated considering that Illuminations and uh, I mean Minions and Despicable Me are uh, full 3D movies. So uh, we'll have to check in also when that does and do the inevitable comparison of Mario versus Sonic movies. The the new (laughs) Mario movie versus the new Sonic movie. With the Resident Evil again, I I did want to quickly ask, and I think you touched on it there, is just your thoughts. Because Resident Evil's art style has always been trying to trend towards stylized realism. Obviously the PlayStation One games were limited in their graphic fidelity, but it was always trying to be grounded in the real world with the fantastic situation. so with the the CG and live action uh, how would you feel or what are your feelings versus you know it it's just live action, but the it's actually using the the game characters, which is what they're supposed to be doing with the with the live action series that's coming to Netflix versus just going full CG so the characters actually just look like the characters.
3: I'd be okay with either one. Like I said, I, I don't like the mix, but yeah, if they did just a live action, only live action uh, where they actually had characters from video games, I'd be cool with that. But um, like I said, the that Infinite Darkness one that's coming to Netflix looks really good as well, just being mm-hmm. animated. It, it looks very
0: much like the characters. So um, as long as it's done well, I'd be okay with either way. Yeah, great, great. And then one last question would be, is there a specific part of the Resident Evil story from what you've experienced that you want adapted, or would you prefer it to be a fresh story inside the universe that the characters are tied into?
3: Hmm. Oh, that's a good question. I I think I would like maybe a little bit of both. I, I definitely would want some adaptations. Um I love the story from the first movie uh, from the first game. You know where they go into the mansion maybe it's just because it was the first one and there was so much unknown um i just love the idea of going into like this mansion in the middle of nowhere and exploring and you know coming across all this stuff for the first time i, I don't know necessarily how well that would translate into a movie maybe it would be kind of cool as like a suspense horror movie um but i love that and i also liked the um the story a lot in resident evil code veronica x which is Uh, probably my favorite resident evil game because they get really deep into the lore. there. like, they go way back into like how, you know, the origins of like umbrella and the Spencer mansion, the family, all that stuff. I I always, I'm a big fan of that. um, The backstory, like the deep backstories like that. So um, I guess if I had to pick to pick some uh, elements of the video games that I'd want incorporated as far as story goes, I think it would be that it would be elements from the first game where they are, you know, kind of exploring through this unknown mansion, and then that that deep backstory, I like as well. But I'd, I'd be fine with a, a new story too, um, as long as it feels right, feels like it's done right, and done to where it makes sense.
0: Okay, great. Uh,
3: have you sounds- heard that? As far as that goes, is it going to be a whole new story, or
0: uh, it's, it's it might be a little bit too early to know at this point? I think. The Infinite Darkness is going to be a new side story. I don't know the timeline. I don't know if those details are out there yet. Okay. No the live action series is some, like a post-apocalyptic. I think it takes place a while after everything. I, I I forget the details. I think there are more details in the timeline there. And the casting for that has recently come out, so you can actually take a look and see who's who's there. But they cast Claire Redfield, uh, and Chris Redfield, Leon Kennedy, Jill Valentine, Wesker, William Birkin, and I feel like I'm missing, or, or maybe that's it, because that's six. It, was, it wasn't they didn't even everybody number. in there. That's cool. Hell yeah, yeah, it's it's supposed to be like the core group there. I'm a little sad they're not mentioning Rebecca. Uh, Rebecca Chambers, but there's hope if things go on, like, that she'll get in there. And just so you know, that she is in the CG movie Resident Evil Vendetta, and that's Hmm. her first appearance in any canonical material since (laughs) her last appearance in Resident Evil Zero, which is the game that released the latest, and Resident Evil Remake, which would be her latest canonical appearance (laughs) in terms (laughs) of the games. So. So since we're talking about this this is probably something we'll get more
3: into on a resident evil podcast but Mm -hmm. what is where is rebecca as far as the canon goes because in theory like if we're if we're considering jill's story as canon then rebecca doesn't really exist or never got out of the mansion because jill never interacts with her if we're considering chris's canon barry is gone barry's never found but they're both in later, they're both in other games. So I don't know if maybe Resident Evil just takes like a combination of Jill and Chris's story, Um, but that's maybe a a topic for another time. But I always thought that was interesting because if you play as Jill in the first Resident Evil game, you'd never even know about Rebecca. Like you never talk to her or meet her at all.
0: Yeah, so I, uh, yeah, we can save that for the episode, but just to quickly summarize the answer, because I really want you to watch at least Resident Evil Vendetta. I had a good time watching that one. Okay. Um, is that she is alive she did get out and the game canon is kind of a mix of the stories and it is it is messy in that regard but we'll we'll touch on that when it's it's times but yeah, yeah, yeah. she she is canonically alive and it, you you basically hit the nails on the head there and we'll get into more details separately cool. okay then ed do you have a dream game property you'd want to see adapted into either a movie or series
2: yeah uh for me this is an easy answer and that's that's metroid
0: Um, -hmm. that's
2: easily my favorite, uh, Nintendo franchise and, and up there of any, of all time, in my opinion. Um, I, I know it's, you know, I, I, it is kind of a long shot, I think, because Metroid is really not the most popular game. I mean, I, I think it's lifetime sales are probably like 20 million of all games. And I mean, it's, it's not a big seller. But that's kind of what makes it special to me. It's not super popular. It's 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 its own thing. I think it's no no secret that uh, Samus herself is kind of inspired by Ripley from uh, the original Alien. And, yep. uh, I think that Metroid series does that kind of horror suspense really well. Um, not all games are like that. Metroid, Metroid Two, and Super Metroid. They have their kind of interesting moments from a. I like the term nightmare fuel, you've used it before. <laughs> I've always, I, I find that to be a funny term. But where it really starts to get that direction is with uh, Fusion on the Game Boy Advance. That's, that's easily my favorite one. I think it probably has the best combination of uh, story and it, it still has some non-linearity to it. But, but to have kind of a narrative, you do have to introduce a little linearity, which is controversial. But uh, I don't know if anyone's played that here. But I mean, there's even a boss in that called Nightmare. So they're definitely going for uh, that kind of suspense. You have your uh, counterpoint that is a, a clone of you that is roaming the, uh, the space station, uh, causing havoc. And you cross paths with them sometimes. You have to run away because you're too, too weak. its I mean, I played that when I was maybe it must have been like eleven. I think it came out in, or no, twelve. I think it came out in two thousand two. So I mean, that was that was a scary game for for a kid, and it's it's very suspenseful. It's also the case that uh, I haven't played that much of the Prime games. I played most of the Metroid Prime One. The first person view isn't my favorite, so I, it, they're definitely on my list to finish. Yeah. But. Uh, they're less interesting to me than the side-scrollers. But those ones, you're know, you I, you're constantly scanning things. There's lore everywhere. You're going into environments that have signs of life from the past and present. You know, you're going into space pirate laboratories seeing Metroid experiments. I mean, those ones, and you're running into enemies like Chozo ghosts, and there's all this lore from the Chozo. Metroid Zero Mission has that too, you're learning about. Uh, Samus's uh, upbringing with the Chozo and her origin story. So I think there's a lot to explore there, and there are a lot of themes that could work well in a movie. Um, I I don't think a TV series would be a good idea. Uh, I, I'm kind of with Mark here, and that it, that tends to drag things out. And with rare exceptions, like I said, I think Castlevania does an excellent job with pacing. As for animated versus live action, I'm not a huge fan of. Uh, 3D animation. I've always been uh, more appreciative of traditional animation, so I, I 2D suppose, style? yeah, 2D style, um, hand drawn. Uh, I suppose that if I, it had to be animated, I I might enjoy something that is more anime styled, but I don't know if that really fits the Metroid universe. But I, I really think you think could do it right because
0: there's a bunch of different yeah. types of anime styles. So we looked around and I showed you like a cat, a catalog of anime art styles i think you could find one that that would work that way so i'm kind of with you with that too like there is some really good 3d animation like pixar and disney do fantastic work but yeah i'd be with you if i could get 2d level animation not necessarily just you know hand-drawn whether it's computer or hand-drawn regardless but yeah i'm with you on that regard
2: yeah i i think a live action adaptation would work the best and i definitely could work go ahead
0: I was going to say, I think live action for Metroid definitely could work, and I'm not saying every video game series couldn't work live action, I think like Resident Evil can be fine live action, I think The Last of Us and Uncharted, which are coming up, like, same thing, it's it's about the series is, the video game series itself aims for stylized realism in its in-game visuals, so adapting that to real life isn't that as far-fetched as taking Sonic the Hedgehog and putting him into the real world or other characters as well. So, yeah, and I, I have a follow-up question on that, so let me take a quick segue. What's your reaction to, or your feelings on, Brie Larson, who has softly campaigned herself online to play Samus Aran in a Metroid movie that ever happens?
2: I think she could be good. I mean, I I, I think having a... Um actress who knows and likes the character is is only a positive for casting i mean she seems to be that i haven't actually seen that many movies with her except Mm -hmm. for captain marvel which wasn't necessarily my favorite marvel movie but uh i'm she's a she's a competent actress i'm sure she could do a good job with uh samus
0: yeah and samus doesn't like other than Metroid Other M, which is not very positively received. She doesn't really emote or do much, and from the comments I've seen online, people criticize Brie Larson for her emotional range in her performances. And based on Captain Marvel, I, I kind of agree. So I think with Samus, especially since it'd probably be good to see her with her helmet on most of the time, and for the few scenes where she does take off her helmet or whatnot, and it, it, it's a Hollywood movie if if it was done, so it's they're going to take her helmet off a bunch. I think the idea of the Metroid universe, as you were pointing out rightly, is that there's there's a lot that isn't explored on top of what uh, amount there is explored, and since it is taking place in space, you could easily have Samus going to places that have never been shown before and having these unique stories that could tie into the wider universe to be like, oh, uh, that, or just these like Indiana Jones style adventures because she's kind of a space Indiana Jones. She is a bounty hunter, so her being alone exploring that could even be like horror mo- tense horror thriller movies and her playing into being more uh or less vocal could definitely be a strength that maybe will tap into Brie Larson's strengths and allows for these movies to be much more faithful but once again that's also relying on Hollywood actually trying to respect source material and not try to make a not try to go too crazy
2: well I will say I I have the slightly unpopular opinion that I I did enjoy Other M. The script was weak and the, the acting wasn't great, but I, I could certainly see, it's. I think it would be possible to have a uh, characterization of Samus that does have some dialogue and introspection. Mm-hmm. Um, Fusion does that. I mean, she does have dialogue with herself and with the, the computer. The writing is 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 decent. It moves the story along, so I'm not opposed to her having lines. And I guess what you're saying without taking off the helmet, that's kind of like the argument against uh, Sylvester Stallone's portrayal of Judge Dredd versus Carl Urban in the newer movie. You mm-hmm. know, Judge Dredd does not take off his uh, his helmet. Yeah. <laughs> as far as how, how you could add to the universe, Fusion and Other M do some interesting things where they talk about some of the sinister stuff that the Galactic Federation does. Mm-hmm. It sounds like they're a pretty sketchy organization with all the experiments they like to do with the Metroids and weaponizing them. That could be an interesting thing to explore. Um, I also think it could be interesting to explore sort of the origin story of Samus. I mean, we only get bits and pieces of her time with the Chozo, but mm-hmm. uh, I could see that being interesting.
0: There are some comics out there that do explore some of that lore a bit more and from what I've heard it's the the lore is dubious at best. But yeah, I think for that I could see uh, as someone who's probably played the most Metroid next to you, I would prefer if if they worked in Samus's past at all, it would be like just bits and pieces that are relevant to the events that are going on and then hopefully like a series style of either movies or an actual like online series where you just get bits and pieces over time that you get to do that. So every time there's a little bit of breadcrumbs, and it just adds a bit without going too much. Kind of like how other M was a almost like a big lore dump of what Samus used to be like when she was like a troubled near 20 year old. So cadet,
2: <laughs> cadet, and
0: yeah, Federation thumbs, Army, yeah, with her thumbs down. Yeah, um,
2: that was that was a bit cringy. <laughs> yeah.
0: I didn't hate that altogether. It was, it's more of everything around it. Like they, you could have sold me on oh, she was super rebellious, this makes total sense that she then became a bounty hunter. Especially after she finds out that the Federation is just a bunch of, is got a bunch of sinister stuff going on uh, underneath. So, in that regard, like, but that's a tasting also. My most know.
2: wanted Metroid game itself is I want a continuation of Fusion. Because Fusion left off on a very interesting note, so I want to see what happens next. Yeah, I don't know if I want that to be in movie form, but I liked what they did uh, with um like I said, the galactic federation and and you know the backstory there. yeah, um, they see, but I guess that is not necessarily focusing on samus, but uh, you know maybe focusing on samus as, as the core character is the wrong approach, given uh, failures of other Ram. but
0: no, I that, think it's, I would it's... love
2: to see a Metroid
0: adaptation. Yeah, I think it would be, Samus has to be the core character, because that's who everyone knows, but it would be, it's not about her and her past, it's just she is the character that is now entangled in that adventure, because she works with the Federation so much, or works around them. So, I think think you can do that without making it about Samus, but it is, we're following Samus through this adventure. It's kind of like how James Bond movies are not about James Bond, it's about what James Bond is going through. So... I think you said
2: before that uh, <laughs> *Mad Max: Fury Road* is another way. Um, yes. To 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 uh, have like a not completely silent protagonist, but one of a few words, and exactly. that one's not exactly about Mad Max himself. Like he's part of the story, mm-hmm. but he's he's uh, you know not necessarily the driver.
0: Exactly. So there's smart ways that can do that that can be. Well done as film, whether or not they'll be blockbusters, it's hard to say. But yeah, it, hopefully Metroid will continue on. Hopefully Metroid Prime Four will be great, so it sells well enough that it justifies more Metroid projects in the future, so you can get all those things. Because I think I think Metroid is rife, and I want to see Nintendo continue to make like this sci-fi. I think that their unique approach to game making is where like is why I want Metroid to continue, rather than just settle for other worlds to do sci-fi.
2: Yeah, I I'm telling you when Metro Prime comes out, I'm going to I'm going to make all you guys get it. I'm going to make Mike get it because they need every sale they can get. I might buy 3 copies. I'm just kidding. <laughs> but uh I I will always support their new games just because I want to show Nintendo that there is a demand for them.
0: Yep. I agree with you with that. So, for me, as I mentioned Kingdom Hearts is already getting a a series and we'll see how that turns out. Resident Evil's getting a series and has had tons of content, Sonic, etc. And so, I actually kind of struggled to think like, oh man, if I had to wish on something new into this, what would I want? And I realized, and this is not an original idea, I would like to see Bioshock adapted into a movie. Specifically, Bioshock 1, that takes place in Rapture. And it kind of recaps the game, and we just select good pieces from the lore. Because the core story and thread through Bioshock 1 is great. And the core mystery and the twist and everything there could translate really well into a movie. And you could tell a really succinct two-hour story with that exploring this creepy world. And while Infinite does have stuff that ties into and creates a Bioshock multiverse, essentially, I wouldn't want them to make too many references, but I'd love there to be little Easter eggs... Here and there that help allude to infinite but not necessarily guarantee like oh we're trying to set up for a sequel just like yes this is in a greater universe and maybe that's a thing where they they touch on some of those aspects that they didn't think about originally in bioshock one which was tying it into this multiverse stuff but sticking to the core plot there which is you know scientists were experimenting with things they found this the, the, the philosoph- philosophical debate that occurs in there, and that being this whole backdrop for why this little pocket of society exists, what that leads to, that examination of it, also the twist of uh, Would You Kindly, which is all I'm going to say for spoilers. So I think you could have that and translate that into a movie so well. Um, I think Bioshock, just as one movie, could do... Really well. Otherwise, I do think series are are more beneficial, not just for storytelling, because games are so big and long. Like naturally, you see these hu- these stories, and even if it's a a game like Resident Evil, where it can a speed run can be an hour and a half long, but like a normal play session is about ten to twelve hours, depending on how well you uh you get through it or get hung up on any of the puzzles. You know, even that, I would still be like, I'd want like three or four episodes. Like you could like truncating even Resident Evil 1 down into a two-hour movie, I still feel like you'd you'd miss out on a few things, because you need that character development. You need those time with each of those faces, because if we had, like, a Resident Evil live-action movie that was, in my vision, recapping the first movie, I'd want to be bouncing back and forth between Jill, Chris, Wesker, and Barry, and Rebecca, and, and like, the, the two threads, and how they're exploring the different mansions, and what happens there, and you need some time to, to set up those mysteries. And maybe I'm just, you know, I'm not a good enough writer to see how you could do that in two hours, but I don't think you'd realistically get, like, a three-hour movie. Like, not every movie's going to be three hours. So I'd still rather have, like, you know, four 50-minute episodes and let there be some more room to breathe, especially for a series like that. But with Bioshock, I definitely feel like you could really truncate that down. There's just enough action and, and stuff you could do there to make it enticing to people with a real good foundation of a, a plot and writing and a world that you could definitely do that and make one really good movie that just stands there and it's just fun and could be re-watchable. Uh, so that's what I'd want to see. I'd be okay with it being live action. Still, personally, I'd love to see it animated. I think it just makes more sense for that. But Bioshock, I think, once again, its world aims to be more grounded, but with good set design and especially Big Daddies and the way they're designed, the Little Sisters, you could definitely achieve all that with practical effects or CG and and some makeup and things like that. So I wouldn't hate it if it was live action, and I could definitely kind of see it more going live action uh, while my preference is still animated. So that's what I'd want to see there. Uh, I don't personally have any feelings about casting. I don't really get into the meta about actors but with Brie, with the Metroid thing Ed, I specifically had heard about Brie Larson and seen her can- soft campaigning to be that and I was like oh you know what I, I don't really have anything against her I could see that uh, and her being a blonde woman also makes sense but also just the role she plays and, and the, the way she presents herself as a person uh, has made me approve of that decision a hypothetical idea so I, I just thought I'd bring that up but yeah I, that's why I didn't really ask anyone about casting because I didn't know how much and personally I don't I don't really care and we'd have to see how that pans out because there's always new people coming up anyways but yeah that's uh that's what i would like to see is bioshock as a single movie there so uh... i will say
2: i think i think casting can really improve a movie i mean you said you said jumanji earlier this is not an adaptation Mm -hmm. but part of the reason that is so good is because the cast has so much chemistry Mm -hmm. um and I think Brie Larson would do well with, but I think choosing the right actor or actress, one one that brings some presence and popularity, does a lot to uh, bring people into the theaters, but also bring the character alive. So I don't necessarily always have a, a an act uh, an actor in mind, but uh, when they get it right, I I think it really does does help. I don't think you can just have anyone play anyone, but and I do think having a big name, you know. Popular actors are popular for a reason. They they typically make good movies. Yeah.
0: And with Metroid, that's also... It, you, there's a question there, because if we were to do, do it right, at least in my opinion, she would have to carry pretty much the whole movie. I just want her to be like on an isolated planet being chased by a monster, maybe, as like core <laughs> idea. Or solving a mystery. And not even saying too much. Just maybe logging into her computer and doing a voice log here or there. Maybe like one other like side character.
2: It could be like The Martian. It could be like The Martian.
0: Yeah, um, or possibly...
2: Matt Damon on a hostile planet, yeah. yeah.
0: And if they had to force a character, they could either do, like, maybe she meets one other sentient being lost on that planet or uh, has a little robot drone thing. Not trying to go, like, full R2-D2, but I'm just saying, like, she has something to interact <laughs> with that would make more sense for her to speak because I don't see Samus as the kind of person who would talk to herself. So it would have to be purposeful and that I could see those kind of things work in there. And that's, that's another thing with silent protagonists. Like, adapting any of these characters that would be silent. The the protagonist in Bioshock 1 is silent. And then in Bioshock Infinite, we have a non-silent protagonist. I think they could figure out how to give the main character a personality that, that suits the situation. Because it starts with you just cr- a plane crashing in the ocean, and it's just... I think there's enough material there to give the character something of a personality that just makes sense of, like, a little bit no-nonsense, and just kind of the straight man in a crazy situation is what I'd you'd do for that character and then you the twist would develop over time and it would make sense so that that's for me Um, so Mark had to leave us unfortunately uh, life required him to step away which is fine he's doing good and we were aware of this uh, it was just very sudden uh, in terms of the casting though um, so we're going to pick up and just kind of speculate on our own me, Ed and, and Paul about Years of War and just have some fun here I do want to say when he said Batista like I totally think Especially based off of his performances in Guardians of the Galaxy. Not that that would necessarily be analogous to what he'd be doing in Gears of War. I thought when they said Batista is like Mark, Marcus Phoenix, I was like, yep, that, that guy makes sense. Like, totally put Batista in there. I would I would love to see that. And I'm not asking him to be goofy. I would want him to do a, a good portrayal. But yeah, i I all for that. So did you guys have any thoughts on Gears of War casting?
2: I think you nailed it with Batista.
0: Should we put The Rock in there as well? Should we literally have every big guy? Because they kind of have to be big guys, except for in the future games where they start having some less... Um, they they slim them down a little bit, but they're all still very well-built soldiers.
2: Yeah, I, if I had to pick another person, it would be The Rock. And they both and the- have that kind of you know smart guy attitude to them. I, I think they would... I mean, I'm not that familiar with yours, but my understanding is it's it's not the most serious game, is it?
0: It is, it tries to be more serious. It is not like campy like Resident Evil. It can come off campy because it feels like that, but uh, if you actually looked into the way the performances are played in the game, it takes itself seriously and it's meant to be like, they're meant to be like war video games. They're not meant to be like Call of Duty kind of level. Not like um, in Halo. I'd say like Call of Duty and Halo, like Halo and Call of Duty in those tones is the kind of tone that Gears of War goes on, it's just that like, kind of the art style with the huge soldiers and, and some of the, the ways it... The weapons? It appears like it's supposed to be more campy, but it's actually played a lot more straight than you'd think it is. So it's kind of unintentional camp. Yes. Yes,
3: 100%. Well, and to your point... Camp. Your point earlier about Batista not being as goofy of a character or whatever, he could definitely be a serious character as far as, like, wrestling goes. He was typically a serious character. Like, he was just supposed to be He was usually, you know, the big tough guy uh, and whenever he was, usually whatever storyline he was involved in, he was a serious tough character. So I I think he would definitely be able to nail that if he needed to.
0: Yeah, I think uh, we'd put Batista, The Rock, uh, to get some female representation there. Junior Carano should be in there. I think she's a former UFC fighter. She was in Deadpool and she's also in The Mandalorian. So she would, she'd make sense for uh, like a soldier war story there. Um, they have other good female characters in the Gears series that I'm just not familiar with, and plenty of female Gears soldiers, so I'd, I'd want to see, like, a little mix there, maybe a four or five-some, not sure what the squad sizes are. I know, like, the game's four-player multiplayer, but we could figure that out, or even maybe there's, like, separate squads, and you you just got kind of a little bit of a mix there with uh, that, so I'd leave that to Mark, but those, uh, I wanted to throw those names out there as, like, big, big, strong, muscly people that should be in the Gears of War movie. <laughs> That makes sense. Just have all I just have all wrestlers. <laughs> okay then. So, um, any other final thoughts on uh, video game adaptations? I'll uh, we'll start with Paul. No, I don't think so. I mean, we pretty much covered everything. You know, as far as I
3: know, we were just talking about casting. I I don't necessarily look for who's cast it. Like it, to me, it, I guess it would be more about the video game. Like, oh, this is a movie about a video game I like, so I'll check it out but um but i i do think they should represent the characters well like going back to mortal Kombat again like when i watched that movie like the guy who plays luke king like that's Liu Kang to me the person who plays sonya uh, like that's sonya like johnny cage is johnny cage all of them jane soon um the person who plays raiden I, is a little bit more goofy i think than <laughs> i would have imagined raiden he's like kind of jokes a lot but other than that to me those, like when I think of Liu King, like I think of um, that guy in the movie. When I think of Sonya, I think of her character in the movie, like I, I think they really nailed it there. So um to me, I don't necessarily care who's playing them, but as long as whoever is playing them um kind of kind of nails that portrayal, that's that's it. But yeah, so that's all I've got. Um I, I think I touched on everything I wanted to as far as adaptations go. So
0: yeah, that's good, good good to go from my end. Fantastic, and Ed, any other thoughts about video game adaptations you wanted to share today?
2: I thought of an honorable mention that I might like. I, uh, last year, played Fire Emblem Three Houses, and I Mm -hmm. really enjoyed that. That has quickly become one of my favorite games. Mm -hmm. And I I liked all the characters in that. I liked the style they were doing with the the anime-style graphics. The voice acting was really good. Like, it really was a good experience for me. I think that a Fire Emblem anime has potential. I actually saw that they had one like way back yeah. in like 1997, and apparently they they even like I'm re- I was reading about it just a moment ago. They 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 renamed Marth to Mars, so they didn't even like translate the name of the characters right. So that's a little weird. But I mean, we're not in the age of of that kind of uh, anime anymore.
0: Oh yeah, so, back then um... the translations were way worse. <laughs> Yeah, or localizations, um, we should say.
2: Yeah, localizations that's the right word. Uh, but a uh, Fire Emblem one has a lot of potential. I don't think it has to have any of the existing characters. Part of the fun of each Fire Emblem game is they introduce a new cast of characters. Mm-hmm. They are self-contained. But I—I I, I guess I don't know. It's hard to say if that would even make it like a Fire Emblem movie because if it's just a new set of characters, like and there's no tactical gameplay, then like what's to distinguish it as a Fire Emblem movie or anime, but I just I just like that that series.
0: Yeah, and it it is very heavily anime styled, and there's they do a lot of good lavish cutscenes when they're doing the marketing. I'm not sure how many cutscenes are inside the actual games. I there were
2: not enough in Three Houses. They had some <laughs> a few really nice ones. There was an intro cutscene that was good. There were a few mm-hmm. in like transitions between parts of the games, mm-hmm. but I I wish there were more because the ones that were there were very well done. Uh, but most of it was just more static conversations like i don't have you played any fire emblem games
0: i haven't i'm aware that they're like rts uh, not rts they're turn based tactical so i avoid yeah. them but i've seen a ton of gameplay so i know what they look like
2: well a big part of it are these support conversations where yeah you know, the more you use different characters together, they get higher levels, and you know, you get to see little conversations between the, the developed their characters. You mean the dating sim um,
0: aspect? Yeah, I've heard of it.
2: <laughs> well, not entirely.
0: No, it's not but, always, but le- that's le-
2: less so and less so in Three Houses. I mean, you 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 can still have your uh, your waifu in uh, Three Houses, but you're not like pairing up people like in Fates. Yeah, it's, uh, the, me- it's the memeable
0: uh, yeah. part of it. Yeah. <laughs>
2: But that, I mean, I, I like all the sport conversations and the little asides. You get to learn a lot about the characters. So I don't know. Maybe that wouldn't work well as it. But, uh, you know, if, if, if they can make a Castlevania anime work, animated show work, e- even when, like, there really isn't that much to the, you know, there's lore and there's characters. But the, the animated show itself is just a completely different thing. So I, I think they could do something with Fire Emblem. Agreed. I would probably I... enjoy it if they did.
0: I think it would need to be to make it appropriate and to make it work, it would have to be more like a Game of Thrones style story. Like it needs to be that political intrigue, also with some good fight scenes, but in anime form. And I don't think that's just something Nintendo would ever sign off on. Like the games are like where you get that content and what it. It's just one of those things where I agree with you. It would be great and it could be done, but it's a matter of reality doesn't allow. It's it's a lot of these meta elements that's the reason why the productions get so messed up with creating these is that what they need to do right either isn't going to sell well or they just refuse to do it even if it would sell well uh so that's that's like the one of our biggest issues there i mean let's Uh, be
2: real there's not going to be a metroid movie as much as i would want it it's not a you know metroid shows up in the theaters probably like 95 percent of people who see it see the name metroid and be like what the heck is that and they're just not going to be interested in so as much as i would like adaptations for both of those i'm not holding my breath
0: (laughs) so we'll have to see because nintendo probably won't do much i think there's still rumors going around about whether or not zelda will get like a netflix adaptation or some sort of series adaptation i don't think those are confirmed for metroid i could totally see like what you were saying like like an anime. I could see a Metroid anime, like a little one-shot thing that's maybe a couple episodes, like six episodes or something, that's just a little short adventure. Nintendo's also, they experimented in the 3DS days. Uh, I wanted to bring up that Nintendo did a couple animated shorts for Kid Icarus Uprising with Palutena and Pit. I had to rewatch them, them, um, but they did like five or six of them that were only like a couple minutes long, and they were all like full animated on top of that game being extremely funny, uh, from what I did manage to hear and enjoy when I played it for a brief mount before my hands told cramped up so hard that I was literally couldn't play the game anymore. Um, And (laughs) then also good. Yeah. And then also star Fox zero, they did a little animated CG animated short for that when it was coming out to celebrate. And while that game was a major disappointment, at least for me personally, Nintendo does dabble with independent animations. So, There's hope that they might put some of that out there, and who knows, if Illumination with the Mario project ends up turning out really good, Nintendo may end up pursuing more projects. Resident Evil has proven to be extremely profitable, enough that Capcom is greenlit Monster Hunter, um, and pursuing tons more Resident Evil projects. And we're just starting to see it kind of ramp up now over time. Pokemon has done phenomenally well over that time. Uh, So who knows and we're probably only going to see more adaptations going forward once you know things start once the industry kind of just figures out how to do things right and uh i mean the sonic movie has also ended up working out well uh for the mass audience yeah it's it's uh it's an interesting time to see video games once again really like stretching out i i there's a Five Nights at Freddy's movie. I'd be... There's, there's so many other projects that are coming out that are both deserving and undeserving of adaptations or just why are you bothering, but but yeah, it, it, we're only going to see more. And what was... There was one more that was confirmed to be happening. I can't remember which one I was thinking of, but there you go. There's so many possibly coming out. I can't even remember all the ones that are are rumored or even, like, just recently were uh, confirmed for early production. I
2: guess yeah, that's to remain cool. hopeful. I mean, Nintendo's just getting started. They got LEGO now, they're gonna have a theme park, their Mario movie is probably actually gonna be good, so... Uh...
0: Oh, Minecraft movie! I wonder if there's a Minecraft movie. Like, they did the Telltale series, which is as close as you can get to, like, a TV series without it being TV. So, like, they they could be open to that, I'm sure Microsoft will try to figure things out, but they may not work with Uh, Hollywood to do it anymore. And I had one more that was on the tip of my tongue. Another indie game. Oh, they already had two Angry Birds movies. And, like, that's a mobile (laughs) game with no story. Well, like, (laughs) the most bare minimum story. Like, these pigs are invading, and the birds gotta stop them from stealing their eggs. Like... (laughs) Right there. And there, I'm sure there's a bunch of people who <laughs> will be listening to this episode and screaming, "You, why aren't you mentioning the Angry Birds movie? But then also, there are hopefully other people who understand, why would you talk about the Angry Birds movie? <laughs> so, there's even those things, like, there's mobile games we're probably not even aware of that have gotten weird adaptations, or there might be web series, like I said, Red vs. Blue with Rooster Teeth has been going on forever, and Microsoft is clearly not in the interest in shutting them down. So, who knows? We we There's a lot there's a lot going on. Um, hopefully, animation tools will get better, so we'll see also good animated series of things. And just yeah, the future is—I <laughs> want to say bright, but I think it's more inevitable. It's, the yeah. industry's just got to figure it out.
2: I mean, I think the—I mean, this is just a general thought in general, but I think the future is bright for video games overall. Um, yeah. You know, I get. I. You can. You can really go with doom and gloom all the negative. Trends in the industry, but there's something for everyone, and I, I think that's just going to be continue to be the case. It's it's a huge, broad market, and um, I mean, everybody likes movies. I I I I think it would be hard to find someone who say they don't like any movies, and I think at some point that will be the case with video games. Yeah, sure, I
3: think you're going to see more also coming out because of the advances in cgi and animation technology kind of like what's happened with comic book movies over the last decade like you know Mm -hmm. i 20 years ago 25 years ago you know when we were growing up you probably wouldn't have got well we didn't and we, we wouldn't have been able to get the avenger type movies because that technology just wasn't there i mean we could have got them but they wouldn't have been what they were they wouldn't have been these massive blockbuster movies that everybody went to see that made billions upon billions of dollars And so, you know, really, comic book movies have become mainstream. You know, we might have talked about this before to where, you know, when we were growing up, comic books and that type of thing was more, you were kind of a nerd, like, oh, you like comic books? Okay. Where now it's like everybody likes it's mainstream. It's pop culture. It's huge. I think you might see that upcoming as far as like video game movies as well, because they, I would imagine that they're a lot more uh, easy to do because of the way animation styles could be done or the way cgi could be done so yeah i think you'll see in the future upcoming a lot more adaptations whether that's good or bad i I guess we'll see
0: but yeah right they already use
2: video game technology in movies they use the unreal engine for the mandalorian
0: Yep, Mm -hmm. and other movies as well and to that point technology is allowing there to be more opportunities for riskier projects to be made you know Netflix and other streaming platforms, and the streaming business model is allowing and encouraging content to just be created. You know, Castlevania we got because of of that. And so I think that's what we're going to see, is, and hopefully that means people who respect the properties and grew up with them are going to get into positions of power, and going forward we'll just see more and more smart decisions being made because the smart decisions will make money. And uh, I, I think... <laughs> that's uh the note right there is smart decisions make money so respect the games make good uh, good multimedia content (laughs) you'll make money yes
2: i like it that's all it's about money that's the only thing that matters
0: (laughs) (laughs) well gents it's been super fun uh at a great time talking about this and i'm sure we'll we'll catch up again when these these projects come out and we'll do maybe side reviews or episodes based on that. Um, but yeah, a lot to look forward to. Uh, we'll thank Mark for being here, uh, and I'm sure he had a great time being on the episode, and we'll we'll have him back uh, as soon as we can. So I want to thank Ed and Paul also for joining me today. Thank you again, guys. Thank you. It was fun. Good topic. And thank you, audience, for being with us. We hope you either heard of some new stuff that you might want to check out or got a good laugh out of listening to us (laughs) uh, talk about these often really cringeworthy pieces of media. Uh, But we hope you all do well and take care of yourselves and uh, join us for the next one. Take care until then.